welcome to the 77th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer, heavy spoilers ahead. Turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. This week we're doing something slightly different, and that is an addendum episode. An addendum episode is one in which we talk about later entries to something we already discussed. So we're going way back this time to our very first episode, which was back in December of 2018, which seems like a million years ago now, and that was Black Christmas. So Black Christmas was our very first episode on this podcast. And this week, obviously, we're going to be talking about the other two remakes. So the original Black Christmas from 1974. As I said, we talked about in episode one. It's considered a horror classic and the first slasher movie. And we'll talk about the specifics later. And this time around, we're going to talk about the other two entries, which are Black Christmas 2006 and Black Christmas 2019. So first up, Black Christmas from 2006, written and directed by Glenn Morgan. He's worked on a ton of stuff. We already talked about him a few times previously. He's done X-Files, Final Destination, Amazon's Lore, uh, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, etc. And this movie was starring a bunch of girls who are the sorority sisters that include Katie Cassidy, who played Kelly. You'll remember her probably best. She's been in a lot of horror movies, but also she was Laurel... Uh, Lance, Black Canary, and Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. Also, um, Michelle Trachtenberg, hopefully I said her name right. You'll remember her as Buffy's little sister Dawn on the TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who of course has uh, gotten much more famous since she did this movie, but she's been in 10 Cloverfield Lane, Final Destination 3, Fargo, etc., Oliver Hudson plays Kyle, and his parents are Goldie Hawn and Bill Hudson. So, interesting trivia there. Lacey Chabert, she was in Mean Girls, Party of Five, and she has done some 22 Hallmark movies. Kristen Cloak, who plays Sister Lee, she's also in Final Destination, and Andrea Martin as house mother Mrs. Mack, She's been in My Big Fat Great Wedding and a bunch of other stuff. So this movie was produced by, as I said, Glenn Morgan, Marty Adelstein, James Wong, and the production companies were 2929 Productions, Adelstein, Perus Productions, Hard 8 Pictures. It had a budget of $9 million and a box office of $21.5 million. The second movie... Again, called Black Christmas. is from 2019, directed by Sophia Takai, written by her and April Wolf, produced by Jason Blum from Blumhouse, Ben Cosgrove, Adam Hendricks, starring Imogene Poots. And, of course, you'll remember her in a lot of stuff. She's uh, uh, pretty famous these days. Uh, Elise Shannon, Lily Donahue, Brittany O'Grady, Caleb Eberhard, and... Carrie Yules, of course, you remember him from Saw and from The Princess Bride. This movie had a budget of $5 million and a box office of $18.5 million. Where to find these movies? 
Both are on Amazon for $4 each. The 2006 version is listed on YouTube for $10, but I think that's to buy and not to rent. There's also a copy on there for free if you want to watch it that way. HBO has the 2019 version. YouTube, Google Play, and Vudu list all the movies at $14 each. And again, I think those are to buy, not to rent. And these movies are not on Shudder, Tubi, Hulu, or Netflix. Rotten Tomatoes scores. The 2006 Black Christmas, critics gave it a 14. Audiences gave it a 37. Black Christmas 2019, critics gave it a 28. Audiences gave it a 31. So obviously of these two, critics really hated the 2006 version. Um most and audience hate audiences hated the 2019 version most so neither one of these have very high rotten tomato scores the plot i'll do the usual which is just read the imdb synopsis and then talk about the plot a little bit so the first black christmas 2006 imdb says on christmas eve an escaped maniac returns to his childhood home which is now a sorority house and begins to murder the sorority sisters one by one uh, the movie starts right off with a bang with one of the sorority sisters being suffocated with, I think, is a dry cleaning bag or a plastic bag. Anyway, that's a uh, reference back to the original movie. And then she is stabbed in the eye with a pen. Billy escapes from a psych hospital for the criminally insane. And, of course, he heads home for Christmas, as I just said. And his childhood home is a sorority house. And he starts killing everyone one by one. Um, originally, this is where he had killed his family as a child. Uh, we'll talk about that a little more in a second. So, sorority sisters are picked off one by one. We're not sure who the final girl is going to be or if there is going to be one. The calls still occur in this movie. As you remember, they were a big part of the original 1974 version, but they're not as prominent here because, let's face it, everybody has caller ID and a cell phone, so not nearly as scary. Eventually, we end up with only Lee, who's Claire's sister, and uh, blonde girl Kelly, that's how I tell them apart. Those are the only two sisters left. Everybody else has been killed. They go into the attic with Kyle, and there they are attacked by Agnes and one of them falls into the inner walls of the house, which is kind of strange. Um, and then that was Kelly, and then Lee tries to help her get out. Um, and then we discover that not only is Agnes there, but Billy is there also. So the two women uh, barely escape. The house catches on fire, and supposedly Agnes and Billy are killed. But, you know, that's not going to happen. Um... There are several different endings to this movie. The version that I saw had uh, Billy show up somehow at the morgue, uh, get Agnes out of the body bag. They kill the poor guy in the morgue. Then Kelly goes off to get some x-rays. She's in the hospital bed in the hospital, and then Lee stays there. Agnes kills Lee by snapping her neck. Then she lays down in the bed and covers up and waits for Kelly to come back. Uh, when Kelly returns, they fight, and Kelly ends up killing Agnes with the, um, what do you call it, shock paddles, defib uh, chargers. 
Um, so Agnes is supposedly dead. Then Billy drops from the ceiling and they fight. And eventually Kelly's able to get out of the room. She pushes him over a railing and he ends up being impaled um, on a giant Christmas tree in the lobby. So that's how that movie ends. Um, I gotta say, I, I actually enjoyed this movie. Um, I know there's a lot of hate out there originally for it. Um, but I think that over the years, it's kind of, uh, calmed down and people appreciate this movie more than they did originally. Uh, and one of the reasons is, which we'll talk about in a second, is the atrocious 2019 remake made this movie look a whole lot better. Uh, one thing I liked about this movie is the music. Uh, the use of Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies was very effective. Uh, the use of the colors in the movie, reds and greens, and the camera work was really good. Um, another reason this movie got a lot of hate, of course, was it was a remake of a, a beloved classic. So that's never typically going to turn out too well. Um... Some of the things I didn't like about the movie or understand about the plot, which was a bit convoluted, I will chalk it up to the Weinstein brothers' interference with the shooting uh, because they really um, took what Glenn Morgan originally wanted to do and, and really uh, changed it a bunch. So they wanted the movie to be much gorier and they wanted to increase the length of the film. And we'll talk about the specifics about that later. Um, the plot points, I'm not sure why Billy was supposed to be like yellow, jaundiced something. He had some sort of disease. I'm not sure what that had to do with anything because it really didn't play into the movie. Um, I also don't think that we need Billy's entire backstory. A lot of time was spent on that in this movie, probably to increase the length, as we said. But as we talked about last week with Rob Zombie's Halloween movies, less is more, I think, when you're talking about a villain. If you know too much about the villain, there's just no mystery anymore, and the movie's a lot uh, less scary to me. I also don't know why we even bothered using the character of Agnes. Um, we didn't have to. I mean, they could have just had Billy killing people. Uh, it seemed like a strange addition to me, and also that Agnes was obviously played by a man. During the movie, I thought uh, initially that Billy had dressed up as Agnes, and that's what was going on, but that turns out not to be it, so I'm not sure what that choice was about. Um, also, lastly, on this one, it has a very strange thing about people eating eyeballs. Uh, it has happened multiple, multiple times, especially when they go in the attic and they see all the dead bodies revealed around the Christmas tree, all of them missing eyeballs. Agnes is eating the eyeballs of anybody that she kills. Um, and yeah, it's pretty gross if you're trying to create some gross out scenes. But um, it's just a strange thing, in my opinion, to add to a movie. So that's 2006. Now on to Black Christmas 2019. IMDb says, A group of female students are stalked by a stranger during the Christmas break. That is, until the young sorority pledges discover that the killer is part of an underground college conspiracy. So, we eventually learn that the pledges at a local frat are being taken over by some sort of supernatural black goo that is coming out of the eyes of the founder's bust that's in the frat house. And the guy's goal 
is apparently after they're taken over by this black goo is to go out into the world and put women in their place. So I'm like, seriously? Uh, okay. So far, nothing whatsoever to do with the first movie or the second movie. Um, let me start by saying that this is, uh, was created as a feminist movie, which is fine. Uh, I don't have a problem with that personally, but I do have a problem with the fact that none of the people in this movie are remotely likable. Not the women, not the men, not the professor, nobody. Too bad they don't have a cat like they did in the first Black Christmas, or at least I don't remember a cat, um, because at least maybe I would like the cat. Um, I don't even care enough about these characters to learn their names, so I'm just going to pass that by. Um, th there are numbers of, of issues with this movie. Um, probably first up, this is not a horror movie at all. It's not remotely scary. Uh, they try to put some jump scares in there, but they just don't work, in my opinion. The final fight scene with the sorority girls versus the pledge guys is really boring. I never felt like anybody was remotely in any danger, and I didn't care about them anyway. Um, I'm not sure if the writer was trying to make a horror movie or not. Um... I personally know a movie is really bad when I want to kill all the characters myself, which is what happened with this movie. I thought maybe I was in a mood the first time I watched it. I watched it the second time. Nope. Still the same. Um, I just hated this movie. It wasn't at all what I expected. It should not have been listed as a Black Christmas movie. Uh, it's a Black Christmas in name only, so it's a cash grab. Um, the plot has absolutely nothing to do with the first two movies, um, except that it happens during Christmas time and it involves some sorority sisters. So I think that I am part of the target demographic for this movie, and if I hated this movie this much, that's a really bad sign because imagine well, how other people feel about it. This movie was just extremely preachy, uh, ham-fisted. It was... Um, not interesting at all, in my opinion. Didn't teach any lessons, nothing. It was just horrible. Um, I don't know. As I said, this, this movie really shouldn't have been called Black Christmas. If it had been some sort of lifetime television movie, uh, I think the expectations would have been different. But when I go to a, into a movie called Black Christmas, I expect it to at least have some reference to the original movie, anything. Uh, and that didn't happen. So my advice is don't spend any money on this movie. It's just horrible. I don't know if the writers were trying to uh, piss everybody off um, when they made this movie or not, but it seems that they accomplished that. I um, looked at a number of interviews from both women and men. I found one review where people remotely like this version. Uh, everyone else absolutely hated, I mean, not just a little bit hated, absolutely hated this movie with a passion, especially people who spent money on it at the theater, which I didn't. I didn't spend any money on it, so at least I feel better about that. 
Now, on to trivia. Um, as I said originally, the original Black Christmas was directed by Bob Clark, and he did, uh, interestingly, A Christmas Story Later and a bunch of other things. And this was arguably the first slasher film. It depends on who you ask. Some other people say it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that also came out in 1974. Some people say it's the Bay of Blood, which came out in 1971, um, which is, I think, uh, Mario Bavo. Some say it's Halloween, which we t- talked about last week. Um, but Halloween is obviously modeled, and John Carpenter has said that he modeled um, elements of Halloween after this movie. Um, the killer point of view, the unstoppable killer, the final girl, all of those other things. But Halloween came out four years after uh, the first Black Christmas. Trivia about the 2006 version. Interestingly, Andrea Martin was also in the first Black Christmas movie. She played Phyllis or Phil. And in this version, she plays the house mother. So that's a good callback. Um, other carryovers include the unicorn figurine that he uses to kill, uh, originally kill uh, Margot Kidder with, and then uses it in this one. The death, the initial death by either dry cleaning bag or whatever kind of bag this one uh, was, the phone calls, um, hide and hiding in the attic. All of those are very similar. After this movie's failure, Bob Clark was working on a sequel. He would make Olivia Hussey, the house mother Jess and John Saxon would also reprise his role as Lieutenant Ken Fuller. And probably this movie, uh, you might wonder where this comes from, but it's the calls are coming from inside the house uh, is a famous line in this movie and also a famous line uh, from When a Stranger Calls. Um, unfortunately, Clark passed away before completing the film, or I think even starting the film, but that would have been a very interesting version with Olivia Hussey as the house mother and John Saxon back. Bob Clark and Glenn Morgan were friends. He got Clark's blessing to make the movie, and Clark also served as the executive producer. Now here's where the trouble starts. Morgan and the Weinstein brothers greatly clashed over the movie, Morgan wanted less gore. The Weinsteins wanted more gore. Certain scenes were added just to increase the gore factor, such as Billy eating cookies made from his mother's skin, as well as the eating of eyeballs, which I already mentioned. Glenn Morgan has since disowned this movie. The entirety of the film takes place in a single night, whereas the original takes place over several days. Certain shots were filmed solely for the trailer and don't appear in the movie. There were three alternate endings. One is Lee and Kelly are chatting as she opens Claire's present. Kelly gets a call from Kyle's phone implying that either Billy or Agnes survived. Two, Agnes is not dead. She escapes and kills Lee. Kelly then electrocutes Agnes. That's the one I saw. Uh, And then three, Billy escapes the morgue. The body count here is 18 people. And the music here is by Julie uh, Shirley Walker. She also did Final Destination 1, 2, and 3, Escape from L.A., True Lies, uh, Pacific Heights, etc. She also did some of the music on Nightbreed and Ghoulies. Um, sadly, this was the last movie that she scored before she passed away in 2006. And she's important because she was the, one of the first female film composers in 
that worked on major studio films. So in honor of her, even though she didn't write this one, I, I do think that this song was used very, very effectively during um, this movie. I'm going to play Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. Obviously that's from... Was it from 1892 from the Nutcracker by Dostoevsky? Or how do you ever say his name? No, not Dostoevsky. That's the writer. Uh, C-H-I-A-K-O-W-S-K-Y. Tchaikovsky? I don't know. Um, anyway, here it is, uh, Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. back with Black Christmas 2019. I just have a little bit of trivia about that movie. Universal Studios and Blumhouse received backlash due to the number of spoilers in the trailer and many people said uh, they they pretty much told you everything that was going to happen during the movie. The movie was rushed in production and it definitely shows. The plot is just weird. Um, Sophia Takai is the first female director to have been hired by Blumhouse. She directed an episode of Into the Dark called New Year, New You, which interestingly is also a slasher that uh, focuses on some friends at a um, New Year's Eve uh, getaway. I obviously like that much better than this movie. This is one of the few slasher movies to be rated PG-13, which I think is part of the problem. Why are you going to make a slasher movie if you're going to rate it PG-13? Um, because of that, they had to use black goo as, as blood that was coming out of the founder's uh, eyes on the bust. And the body count, despite this being PG movie, the body count's listed as 25 plus because they burned down the frat house with the guys inside it. So, I don't know. Anyway, this movie completely disregards the Billy and Agnes storyline. 
That's all I got for that one. Why should you watch these movies? Um, definitely watch the original from 1974 if you haven't already. But be forewarned, it's a 1970s movie. And 1970s movies, the pacing is very, very different from current movies. I saw something um, recently where somebody was like, you know, they really didn't like the original because it was too slow. But that is the nature of movies from the 1970s. So if you go into it knowing that, uh, hopefully you'll still enjoy it. Um, and I, as I said, did enjoy the 2006 version for all of its faults. Um, did we need a remake of the original? No. But having looked back at it at this point, I, I think it's a pretty good remake. You should definitely skip the 2019 version. And as I said, shouldn't be called Black Christmas. Should be a show on the Lifetime channel. So recipe. Have a tie-in for Black Christmas. There is a Jamaican Black Christmas cake, which I had never heard of before. It's also referred to as a Caribbean black cake, wedding cake, Christmas cake, uh, fruit cake, or rum cake. So let me pull up some of the directions here. Um, the thing that's going to take the longest is depends on what you do with the dried fruit. Some people say you let it uh, soak uh, in rum for a month. Uh, some people say a couple of weeks, and I even saw one person that said for a whole year. So um, you have to plan way ahead if you're going to do that. But basically, this is a very dense fruit cake. Uh, but not, you know, fruitcakes get a bad rap. I like fruitcakes okay, but this one I, I would be much more interested in um, than a regular fruitcake. Uh, let's see here where I have the directions. I will include the notes in the notes, the recipe. But um, this person used dried dates, raisins, cherries, and prunes and threw in some currants and even candied citrus peels. Um, for the fruit, it just depends on how much fruit you want to put in there as to how much you get. Let's see. This person used a fourth to a half a cup of rum, but some people really, really put the rum in. Again, that's just a preference. Um, start by chopping all the fruit into little chunks, then place in a larger bowl, pour rum and wine into a bowl of fruit, add enough alcohol to cover the fruit, cover and leave in a cool place so it soaks up the alcohol. Um, if leaving for more than two days, you may have to add more alcohol. Pour the soaked fruit together with the remaining juices into a blender and blend. Uh, then preheat the oven. Grease and line the cake tin uh, with baking parchment. Cream together the butter and sugar to high speed until it's fluffy and starting to look white. About three to five minutes. Put in some eggs. A uh, tablespoon of flour with the last egg to prevent the batter from curdling, sift in the flour, baking soda into the batter, followed by browning molasses and mixed spice into the batter. 
Then add the fruit, nutmeg, lime zest, rum, almond, and vanilla extract. Stir well. Um, then pour into a greased 10-inch cake pan. Bake until a cake tester comes out clean about two hours. If desired, pour cakes, poke cakes with toothpick, then brush each with one-fourth cup of rum or sweet wine while cake is hot. Let the cake soak up the rum. And then when it cools off, you can leave it in the fridge. The longer you leave it in there, the better it will taste. So the ingredients are... Um, one to two pounds of dried fruits, one cup strong rum, one cup sweet wine, 10 ounces unsalted butter, one cup granulated sugar, five large eggs, two and a half, two and one quarter cup of flour, um, two tablespoons baking soda, three tablespoons browning, two tablespoons molasses, one tablespoon mixed spice, um, one tablespoon ground nutmeg, one two tablespoons grated lime, one tablespoon almond extract, one tablespoon vanilla extract. So the pictures look really, really good. I would be very interested. I'm not sure I would be very good at making one of these, but uh, I'd definitely be interested in eating one. So um, that was something new that I didn't know about. So that's pretty cool. So let me know if you've ever made one of those, and if so how it came out because it looks very very yummy so where to find us we're on itunes spotify and stitcher please give us a five star rating if you like what you're hearing we need all the help we can get we're also on twitter at food and fright contact us by email at food at gmail.com or check us out on our website at food and frightening film fanatics.podbean.com that's it for this week i've seen enough i think christmas movies for a while um we'll see you here again next week until then stay safe please wear your mask and please social distance because uh we're definitely not out of the woods yet and the vaccines for regular non-health care workers or people at risk are probably still several months off so take care